would have known that a tiny set of footprints would have led the way for me? I never would have thought in a million years that I would suggest doing a podcast. But however, it's a lot different from actually speaking in front of a camera. So with that being said, I find it a lot easier to share my story a little behind the scenes. You can hear my voice. You can hear the emotion behind it. However, um, this is a new journey that I figured I would take on. And I hope that you enjoy it as much as I enjoy producing it. So I decided that we are going to start a season one, starting through all my chapters of the book. I've had a lot of suggestions from a lot of friends and family to potentially come out with an audiobook. Instead of doing just that, I figured I would incorporate the chapters of the book as well as the experiences that I didn't go into detail about on each segment of the podcast. This is London's Prints, a memoir that I just recently released. My first book, I am officially an author. And it took me about six to seven years, almost seven years to produce this or create this project. London's Prince is very near and dear to me. And for this segment, I decided that I was going to read from the first chapter of the book. We're going to start with the introduction. From there, I will let you know or go more into or provide insight into what actually got me interested or basically pushed me or motivated me to write that portion of the book. And actually, instead of the introduction, what I'm going to do is the first chapter is called Broken Art. Um, my book is very unique. Um, if you've purchased it, you will notice that. It's uh, kind of between poetry and your traditional book. Um, I wanted to kind of sporadically share my emotions as, you know, going through this whole process of healing. You kind of go up and down this roller coaster. And um, during my time of writing this book, a lot of my emotions or a lot of the things that I was feeling would just sporadically come to me. And I just had to share them. And sometimes you don't need to fill a full page to actually get your point across. I think we spend so much time thinking that quantity is more and actually it's the quality of what you're producing. So I'm going to read the dedication page and I am going to go into the contents of the book and that will start with broken art and the broken art chapter. While immersed in the dark, your footprints brought me to light. Your still and lifeless body resurrected me. To my son, London, may your footprints touch the hearts of others. May our story confirm there is life after loss. This book is dedicated to my two beautiful sons, London and Mike Exantis. Thank you for teaching me how to love and live again. Although you cannot live or although you cannot leave your footprints here on earth, you have left your prints in many of our hearts. This book is dedicated and podcast is dedicated to London Kyrie Exantis, born December 5th, 2011. Broken Art. As you can hear, I'm flipping through the pages, unfortunately. 
So this uh, brief chapter, I know I did come up with this near the end of me writing. London's Prince is a compilation of these short stories that I had wrote throughout my journey within the six to seven years. And towards the end, um, I started to write a lot shorter, but more, um, how do I explain it? More, more engaging, more emotional short stories. And with Broken Art, it was kind of um, me kind of coming to this understanding that we always tend to believe that we're broken, but we're truly not. So I'm going to read it and I will go into the reason or the inspiration behind the story. Broken Art. In my space of what seemed to be brokenness, I found writing. When it appeared that pieces of me, my innocence and views of the world were destroyed, I found a way to piece myself back together. I realized that I could rewrite my own story and that I did not have to follow those who came before me. Only through my writing, only through reading my thoughts, was I able to see this. The only way to get unstuck from the past chapters was to find the true me. I was never broken, never tarnished or damaged goods. I am light, and through my writing, I am able to display that. I am the letters and the combination of words that are spilled on these pages. A compilation of pieces which when compiled together make a creative form of art. I write to make sense of life's nonsense. It is beyond comprehension. It is tuning in and vibrating with myself on a spiritual level. It is the becoming of a uniquely created masterpiece, broken art. So the reason why I had wrote this, and like I said, this came towards the end of the journey, was I really had a hard time throughout my journey, like realizing that I wasn't broken. Um, We always have this like sense of belief that something is missing or something's broken and that's the reason why we need to heal. And I came to terms with the fact that my flaws and the things that I lack are the very things that make me and can and are the things that I need obviously to improve to become a better version of myself. I believe truly that our flaws are what distinguish us from others. Um, The very things that we don't like about ourselves really give us a sense of individualism um, or our individuality. One thing that I suffered with or dealt or had an issue with growing up, um, which I was actually going to touch base in the book, but I didn't touch base on it, just because I felt like I would leave that out. But um, one of my issues was primarily my skin color and my nose. I have a wide nose. Um, Obviously, it's a very African-descended feature of mine. And the reason why I didn't like it so much, I never really looked at it it as an issue uh, until growing up. And it was how people identified me or the first thing I felt people saw um, when they met me. So my nose was like this big thing. Like my family members would talk about it. Um, they would call me big nose. Um, you know, growing up and stuff is just like, oh, that's the first thing that everybody sees. And I would always be very conscious of it. 
And the sad thing about it is that it never bothered me until somebody pointed it out to me. I thought that I was a an, an average, attractive young lady. And uh, I feel like until people highlighted what was wrong with me, did I kind of confirm that with myself. And I said, you know what, maybe there is something wrong because everybody else is saying there's something wrong with me. And it's so funny because growing up and seeing these millennials, they have it so easy. Well, not so easy, but um, they are taught to embrace their uniqueness, especially in the black community. Um, Young black women are learning to embrace their hair, learning to embrace their melanin. I mean, they're raving about being dark skinned now. Everybody is just really um, in this mode where self-love and acceptance of your African features and descents is really kind of amazing because we're breaking that um, social standard of believing that European features are the only things that should be considered beautiful. So with broken art and me writing that was identifying the fact that even in the flaws and the mistakes that I've made, look at all of the beauty that it's created. I'm a firm believer that we're all a part of this big puzzle and every day we take baby steps or even large leaps um, and make decisions and choices that affect us um, in our future. And it will either help to make us or break us. And in broken art, uh, I'm, I'm embracing my flaws and learning to love them and learning to love the pieces of me um, that I felt didn't deserve to be loved. And we as a people or we as human beings need to learn that until we learn to love, love ourselves as a whole, even the parts that we do and do not like, um, that is only when we'll reach our, uh, basically reach the true definition of self-love. So since I didn't go past my um, ideal time, I figured I'd throw in the introduction as well. The introduction is very powerful. It speaks volumes. And I will read from the introduction and also tell you the motivation behind that or the inspiration behind me writing the introduction. It's easier to walk within your shadow as opposed to stand within your individual light. I was safe and comfortable in my darkness. Who would have known that a tiny set of footprints would have paved this path for me? I loved a soul that shared my breath, but he never got a chance to breathe on his own. He was whole, the purest form of love that filled my womb. Life is created in the darkness of the womb. I was loved and was loved, but my life on the outside made me question this. Every page in this book is my gratitude to the life of my son, London Kyrie Exantis. Every page is every tear I cried, all the pain and anger I felt. Also, the wisdom and questions I have acquired along my journey of child loss, divorce, lack of self-love, and my return home. These emotions have been compiled into a series of short stories. My son, in a way, sacrificed his life here on earth for both of his parents. It took me to experience such trauma to wake up and realize that I wasn't living. 
By means of living, that means my life to the, its fullest potential. Living in love and living a life without fears. I have seen a graveyard full of abandoned dreams. Oak Grove Cemetery was a place I became a frequent, frequent visitor. December 5th, 2011, I gave birth to the death of a dream. I was required to endure the pain and physical work of giving birth to my child that was deemed already deceased. I was forced to experience the balance of life, both darkness and light, like a solar eclipse at 3.56 p.m. I was able to experience what could have been to kiss, smell, and dream again. I was forced to be amongst rooms filled with new mothers and their new babies, while the new mothers tried to figure out how to silence their newborn's cries. I waited to hear or feel anything from my stillborn son. He was exactly what I felt, lifeless and numb. Imagine being forced to put in work, physical and emotional investment into something that was already dead. A mother's dream that was tarnished, a dream that ended way before it began. Most people fear failure, but at that moment I feared nothing within the physical realm. They say that death comes in a group of threes. Don't ask me why, I have no clue. I guess I was the third. I no longer fear death as I've died spiritually three times in this lifetime. First being the loss of my son, then my marriage, and finally the loss of myself. Not a physical death, but a spiritual death. Spiritual death is when the pain permeates the soul. Physical death leaves behind scars and lasts temporarily. It most likely affects the loved ones more than it affects the individual transitioning. My mother used to ease my fears of physical death as a child by reminding me that death is something we most likely won't remember. We would always, she would always ask me, do you recall the very moment you were born and how? You will leave this world just like you came in it. I found comfort just like that many individuals in the idea that some events will be forgotten. I would not be aware of what actually was occurring during my physical transition. Why did no one ever tell me about the death of the soul? This is a death that occurs here on earth, the one many people physically wait unconsciously to transition into, due to the emotional pain from their realities they have created. I've seen loved ones experience this physical death only to remain in the very chapters in their life where the soul was damaged. You know how the scary movies there would be ghosts they described as having unfinished business? These are the people who have experienced spiritual deaths, staying in the same chapter where they spiritually died. Spiritual death to me is by choice. It is a mental and emotional suicide. You are physically present and are capable of completing your daily tasks, but you've chosen to give up on life and your dreams. In death, I found my voice. I spent most of my life invisible to society and to myself. My vessel roamed this earth, but my spirit and soul died that day. The only people that could see me were those who truly loved me or considered me important. I slowly gathered pieces of self through being validated by others determining my worth and by the success I've acquired along the way. By doing so, you give up your will to live. The interesting thing about darkness is that it is fed by fear. In fear, it multiplies creating disease, pain, hate, and depression. The darkness when spoken of can be perceived in literal term with people looking for its physical aspect. The darkness I mean is one that is internal. It is the cloud that shifts the perspective from a natural joyous state. Darkness is a tainted eagle, the very perspective that provides a storm over every situation you may experience. 
that darkness creeps its way into those in a vulnerable state. The very individuals that lose their sense of innocence or experience an event so traumatic that it separates them from the rest, from the rest of society. That darkness grows within us in solitude. In solitude, we are in our own heads and create a dysfunctional reality due to our clouded perception. It took me a while to move beyond my fear and to escape my darkness. As it appeared, many of my loved ones were also comfortable within theirs. The inequity and generational pain ran through my veins and was imprinted on my DNA. We talk about life being unfair, but what about those who were created from a tainted love? One from a lack of understanding of what true pure love is. I was created out of darkness, addiction, lack of self-love and feelings of unworthiness. I have fought for my freedom and my belief in something different. Escaping to free yourself from your own chains and the chains that have been placed on you can be very ugly. It is a form of slavery that seems impossible to break away from. It appears that everything around you has set you up to fail. A life predestined for struggle and pain. It's unfortunate, but it took me to lose my first child to awaken. What happened to me by no means does it define me, but it has allowed me to tap into my own spiritual desires and has lit the path for me and my living son, Micah. When trauma occurs, you can choose to have a breakdown or a breakthrough. Everything that occurred up until the moment weighs of no value. Things that used to be entertaining are no longer amusing anymore. Your relationships with others shift as you have different desires and reason for your relationships. Every degree, job, money, or any material thing becomes irrelevant. Material things like a house don't feel the same anymore when a person that helped to make it a home presence is gone. I have felt every emotion you could feel in the span of 24 hours of being in that hospital room after giving birth to my deceased son. He may have physically left this world, but he spiritually lives on through us. Energetically, we are connected as there is a cord beyond the umbilical cord, and the experiences both positive and negative contribute to our spiritual evolution. There's a very popular Christian poem called Footprints about a man that started his journey with two sets of footprints in the sand. During the darkest times in his life, he noticed that there was only one set. Throughout this time, he believed that God left him to walk alone, but came to realize that this was the time that God carried him. It took me six years to complete this project, as I had mixed feelings along the way. Much of the writing was completed right after the loss of my son, some many years later. You will definitely see a difference in maturity and understanding of my respect of life's balance. I've come to learn that the sun and the moon are both necessary for the universe to function. This also applies to us as spiritual beings. I had to move from the why me and to gain a level of gratitude for the darkness I have experienced throughout my life. I had to understand that forgiveness, like every other journey, has no destination or endpoint. That pain which had been inflicted upon me from those I loved were hurting too. My experience was necessary for me even to sit here and turn my story into a book. One tiny set of footprints was all I was left with dried ink on a white piece of paper with his time of birth and the name of his parents. I received both a birth and death certificate the same day. I gave birth to a dream and planned a funeral the same day. December 5th, 2011, the woman everyone once knew and the woman I thought I was died with London, my son. 
My state of consciousness shifted as I became more aware of being fully present. Everything that I had been taught up until that point, I began to question. I was far from home. My core foundations and beliefs needed to be reprogrammed. I had absolutely nothing left to give to anyone, including myself. Until one day, I chose to live my life fully for the life my son was unable to live. I recently took a late night trip to the ocean. I decided to let go of the last few items I had that belonged to him. I was given a box with his blanket and strands of his hair. You never fully, fully realize your level of healing until you push yourself to the point you are uncomfortable. December 5th, 2011, I have carried his box along with me to every home I occupied. There was a sense of guilt for me as I wanted him to know that he was loved. I felt like I never got the chance to tell him that. Not a day goes by that his name does not cross my mind or he is in, not in my prayers. Items hold energy. And that box was filled with the energetic emotions of me, his father, and our family that day. I chose to let go and make room for new. The ocean seems endless and is another world on its own. Water is scientifically known to carry emotions and intentions. My intent that day was to let go of the pain behind my story and begin to use it to inspire others. I placed the box in the ocean not knowing how much I was emotionally attached. I cried and prayed to the heavens, but I knew this was best for me and my evolution. With my presence on the beach and my feet grounded within the sand, all I could hear was, Welcome home, Mommy.